Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Facig. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to episode 62 of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. So this is another standalone episode, um, continuing the series that I'm doing on my own every other week. And so once again, next week, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming, which sounds fun. But uh, this week, kind of wanted to build on what we talked about last week. Last week, I was talking about how middle school and all these first impressions and these these things that we experience as kids and uh, we continue to deal with as adults and how, how really difficult that is to kind of move forward when we haven't really dealt with our past, when we haven't really acknowledged how uh, difficult things are and how much they get um, ingrained in us to the point of us being controlled by the situations that we've had as kids. And so uh, moving forward a little bit, I talked a little bit about nutrition and how I'd started uh, deciding that my nutrition needed to be different, that uh, I started limiting my meals. And so I would limit meals and then I would eat excessively in the midst of that. And so I, I would kind of toggle back and forth depending on what was going to kind of going on in my emotional state at the time. Um, food became at that point, like even in middle school, like my go-to drug, if not before then. Um, and so when my emotions were high, when I was stressed, I would turn to food to kind of be the remedy in that. So trying to take some control as best a middle schooler could, I did start limiting meals. I started knocking them out and not having some, um, which is a super unhealthy way to do. It developed in me this unhealthy relationship with food. Which, shockingly, carried on through high school. And so high school, um, my parents worked a a lot to uh, send my sister and I both to private school. And um, they sacrificed a lot in order to do that. And in the midst of that, there was uh, quite a few times um, where I was responsible for my food. And so as I'm responsible for it, my go-to thing was Kraft macaroni and cheese. I don't know any other way to just say how awesome it is other than it's great where else can you put a big chunk of butter milk noodles mix it all up with some powdered cheese because and let me just say the powdered cheese is where it's at you cream 
creamy cheese people in the box. I don't even understand you. But the whole craft macaroni and cheese in the blue box, that's what you should have if you're going to have macaroni and cheese, um, in my opinion. But so, you know, I had that. And so that's what my go-to meal would, yeah, my entire meal would be an entire box of mac and cheese. And, and this happened on the regular. Um, if it wasn't that, you know, we might get like Subway or we might get like um, Pizza Hut or like Little Caesars, like some kind of cheap pizza. And so these kind of habits kind of just went on. Those were kind of became my soul food, my uh, crutch, my my kind of go-to things as I kind of grew up. And and so many nights, that's that's kind of what my dinner consisted of. Um, or you know, after besides lunch that I may buy at school, or I may even have um, packed to go to school in, in high school. It was kind of neat. The high school I went to had a um, brunch. And so if you played your money right and you, you did things um, to kind of kind of budget that you could go in and get some like great gravy and biscuits. Um, you could get all kinds of um, stuff uh, that way. Like it was awesome. They had sausage gravy. It was catered by this wonderful place. It was so good. So good. I'm just telling you ahead of time. Um, whether, whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> um, so I would, I would eat brunch at school. I would eat lunch at school and then I'd come home and have Kraft mac and cheese or, you know, the morning I would have a bunch of Eggo waffles, you know, something like that. Um, some, some great, you know, sugary cereals. And so my, my eating was just terrible. I was, I was real active, still played a lot of sports and stuff. Um, and, and not like super healthy of a person. Um, I remember one of the other kind of uh, I don't I don't know what I want to call this. It was a um, I guess a defining moment. Let's call it a defining moment. One of those in high school was the last year I played soccer was my freshman year of high school, and I was a goalkeeper. And so I remember I was playing for this select team. I had planned on not playing soccer in high school at all, um, but I had some friends who were on a team, and it was uh, this kind of select team, and they didn't have a goalie. And so they'd asked me if I'd be willing to be um, the goalie for the team. So I uh, said, sure, uh, you know, I'll come and practice with the team, see what's going on, and uh, maybe play, and that sounds like a good plan. And so I remember walking onto the field um, for practice, and I was walking beside the coach and getting to know him or whatever, and the other team was was leaving the field in the process, and their their coach stopped and kind of looked and looked at the coach and said, ah, oh, I see uh, what your plan is this year for soccer. You're just going to get a goalie that takes up the whole goal and he just kind of chuckled and went on um and laughed and thought that that was fantastic but in me it implanted once again the thing that keeps getting reiterated to me over and over again that i'm not good enough um less than i'm um broken and it's all because of the way i look it's the way that i am and I don't know how you control that overnight. You know, if if you're an asshole to somebody, you can come back and say, you know, I'm sorry. And you can apologize and you can mend relationships. When you're overweight, there's nothing you can do the next day. You're still overweight. No matter if you change your diet for a week or a few days, you don't see a lot of progress. You don't see a lot of change. And so it's really tough to experience things that are 
um, kind of life-defining moments and try to move past them, try to move through them, try to make that better, try to make a change that you can see that makes a change so that you can be different the next day. And it's so, so difficult for many people to understand that. Like every, we talk about all the time, like people want a magic bullet. People want to see, they want to take this pill that changes their life. They want to, they want to do this diet plan that immediately they see changes from, they want to see surgery that happens and, and, and get the results quickly. And, um, and we want that not, not because we're lazy or not because we don't want to put in the work. It, it, it's because everything else in life, you can change like within a week, and, and, and this addiction to food, this, this problem with over being overweight, it, it's something that takes time and consistency and this effort that, that has to last years. It's not, it's not a week thing. It's not a day thing. It's, it's over and over again. It's every single day waking up and going, I'm going to be different today. I'm going to make better choices. And today, I'm, uh, that's as far as I know. I may not be able to do it tomorrow, but today, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I can do because I can control today, but maybe not tomorrow or a week from now. And gosh, I remember that moment and, and it hurts so bad to have someone that's supposed to be someone in charge of athletics, you know, something that's making people better and contributing to teamwork. And, and it just wrecked me. I had this other guy I remember in high school and, um, high school is a pivotal moment for me. Um, because about my junior year, I had this experience, um, where I decided it was okay to be me in all situations. Um, but first, before I get to that, let me tell you about this guy. I had this guy, and he's he's kind of a redneck kid. Um, just, you know, not the smartest person. Um, I mean, not an idiot. I mean, but but just, you know, all in all, kind of just atypical kind of country boy that, that, that didn't really care about anything, probably had a... Um, just what I know about teenagers now, um, probably didn't have a great home situation. And every single day, this guy would hit me like, like in the arm and, and, and like, I'd, I wouldn't see him like it'd, it'd be, we'd be passing in a full hall and all of a sudden I'd get hit in the arm. And I was like, dad gun, what, what was that? And I'd look and, and he would be down there and like, it wasn't like a thing where I was just getting abused every day. Like I, I would hit him back. Like, but that was just like our relationship. It was, it was so weird. Um, but it's a little thing like that, that continues to, to tell you that you are in fact still less than you, you are not worth just walking down a hall and not getting punched, you know? And and that seems stupid. That seems like an idiot thing to kind of buy into, but it was something I, I bought into. Um, and I wanted to avoid him. I didn't want, I don't want to hit somebody every day. I didn't want to be hit every day. Uh, it, It just was a situation that I, that I did not enjoy. Um, and like, I just, I just didn't like it. We had a lot of classes together and stuff and, and maybe that was his way of trying to be friends and maybe that was his way of acting out and maybe controlling a situation that he didn't have any control over. I don't, I don't know, but regardless, um, it's just another one of those things that contributed to me just not being okay to be me, to me want to be something different, but being unable to change quick enough to be able to make an impact in my life. And I was stuck. I mean, you all know. You all know what it's like to be stuck. You know what it's like to have, to try to change something that seems just out of reach, seems near impossible, that just seems so 
far out there that you just can't get to it to make the change. Well, in high school, I remember I was a different person in almost every environment that I went in. Like I, I'm great at compartmentalizing my life. And, and so in school, I was one person. I was, I was, you know, generally quiet, you know, I'd cut up a little bit, but like, you know, I just kind of did what I was supposed to do and kind of went through life and, and, and had my friends that I had that, that were in grade school that kind of went on, but it didn't, didn't really make a whole lot of new friends. Um, I ended up playing drums and, and, and I was playing drums in middle school, but played drums in high school and, and kind of chose eventually that freshman year after playing soccer for that last time. Um, I played baseball, I think, one more season that season. And freshman year, I just made the change, like, full-time, I want to go and play drums. And so I played in the marching band, and, and we had an incredible one, won a lot of awards. And and even in that environment, I wasn't fully myself. I'd, I just was somebody that played drums, and, and I was scared to, to take chances. I was scared to kind of put myself out there. It was a place where... Um, as decent of a, a musician I was, I, there's always people that were were tons better than me, and that may be part of growing up in Nashville. There's always people that are better musicians than you. Um, they're not necessarily the ones that are getting the big contracts um, because sometimes they're just a holes and nobody wants to be around them. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, you know that's that that was one environment where I was, and then there was this home environment um, where I just kind of wanted to like squeak underneath the radar, like I just wanted to be quiet. I didn't. I didn't want to to be anything um, out of the ordinary, um, and I just wanted to be uh, the good kid. So at home, I was different than school. School, I was different than home. The other environment that I hung out with with um, was kind of my friends group. My friends group away from school was my church group. The the you know, where I grew up, I grew up going to church. Um, you know, because it's the South. It's what you do. And so my youth group friends were um, my group where where I was I was actually the most comfortable. Um, everybody at church kind of accepted me for who I was, and 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 uh, not that I was anything crazy, but I was just comfortable with being me there. I was I was comfortable with exploring who I actually am and what my personality is, and and who's okay to be, and you could test boundaries there in a safe way, and how you talk, and, and all those kind of things. And um, so my church group friends were my rock. Like, those were the those were the ones. We all went to different schools. We all uh, kind of were different different ages. There weren't a ton of us, that, you know, that were the same age, but there was a handful of us that kind of grew up together, and um, a, a few ahead, a few below um, in grade level in years, but um, we just stayed connected and stayed friends, many of which I'm still friends with today. And so I played all those three environments and um, just kind of, I don't, I don't know, I, I guess I kind of accepted my role in each one of those. Well, well sometime in, in my junior year, um, I decided that playing all those games was, was, was hard, was difficult. It involved a lot of work. And so I just started letting myself be me more like at school, um, started being more of who I am and, and kind of the, the boisterous kind of fun. And I like to control the environment. I like to be the person that um, kind of uh, decides what's funny and, and kind of puts stuff out there and kind of controls the conversation and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I enjoy being that person. I enjoy being the leader. And so I started doing that more and more in, in my school life and in high school and started making new friends. Um, people accepted me there as, as a, uh, you know, the, the Jacob that they never saw before. And I remember one guy was like, 
where where was this guy like our first two years together? Because um, I enjoy hanging out with him, which, which meant a lot to me. Um, and and so high school is this de- development phase in my life of, of figuring out who I really was, um, who I could be, and that actually could be me in more than just one environment. Um, I didn't have to be trapped in a certain scenario or a certain, you know, bubble, um, that, I, that I could be me. And that was a pretty good revelation for me, but it was filled with these, uh, defining moments. And, and here's the deal. Here's what I want to say about today. Um, in this podcast, we, we have these defining moment, moment, moments in our life. We, we have these points where we kind of stand at a fork in the road and we look to the left, we look to the right, and, and we really don't know which way to go. And for most of these defining moments, um, we, we say, you know, there's, there's, there's one way to go. We can seek retribution, easy for me to say. Um, you can, you can seek retaliation. We, you can, you can take things negatively and kind of store those up. You can take that stupid soccer coach and, and you can put that down deep inside of you and just say, yeah, that's not going to affect me. I'm just going to store that for later. Or you can, you can take kind of the, the other path. You can look to the right and go, you know, that's not me. That's not who I am. Um, just because that person um, has something, an opinion, it doesn't matter to me because I know who I am and I trust who I am. But as a high schooler, I had no idea who I was at that point. I had no idea the me that is that is strong and powerful and, and that has an opinion that, that matters and, and that can speak into situations. A, a, a guy that can be a leader, a guy that can push the envelope, a guy that is really cool just being him, you know, and comfortable being him. But instead, what I did with these moments that that took my life um, from from middle school to high school is that I would store them inside of me, and I would shove them deep down inside my heart and soul, and I would just let them fester and grow there. And, And I would develop this consciousness that I am less than, that I am worthless, that I'm fat and I'm never going to be better. I'm never going to be attractive. I'm never going to be someone that's comfortable with who they are. I'm just going to be this person that is kind of surviving through life. And, and maybe I'll have some friends that are nice enough to put up with me, this ugly fat kid. And I deep down believed that a lot in my life. And so all of these moments where I was in a fork of the road and I could decide like that person's going to have power to speak into my life or that person's not going to, I just let everybody speak into my life and I took it all as truth. And those defining moments ended up defining me. Instead of me finding power and strength and who I am, I decided to believe the peanut gallery. It was so dumb. And so... I had these moments, I stored them up and I let them define me as less than. So not only was the world around me telling me that I'm less than, but I was believing it. And these defining moments became the things that defined me. And it was terrible. So what are you going to do? In your life, when you come across things, hardships, when you come across people, when you come across assholes in your life who are going to say things, who are going to put you down, who are going to be jerks, like, what are you going to do? 
Are you, are you going to allow those moments to define you? Or are you going to see that you actually have power to reject that? That you actually have the power to say, that is not me. And you do not have the ability or the authority to speak into my life in that way. What are you going to do? And, I, and I'll tell you, it, like, it, it sounds that simple. And it is, but it is so difficult. It's so difficult to find the strength, the 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 prowess, the um, the wherewithal to actually move into that situation and go. It is not going to define me. I will define it. And this is the moment where I say, No, I'm not going to be walked on. No, I'm not going to be someone that's powerless. I'm actually going to be someone who has power and strength and authority to to, to decide what's going to affect me and how I'm going to put up with it. So may that be you today. May that be you. May that be you that rises up and says, I'm no longer going to allow all the world and all the things around me and all the jerks of the world to define who I am, but I am going to be me. Today, I may not look any different tomorrow, but I'm going to start a journey and I'm going to feel empowered and I'm going to feel strengthened and I'm going to surprise myself along the way and I'm not going to allow anybody outside of me to have authority to define me. I'm going to allow myself to define and explore who I am today. And so for those of you out there that are trying to make changes in your life, especially nutritional changes, changes in your life to, to, to make you more healthy, um, let me just tell you, the road is long. Consistency is the key. But you got to make that choice every single day. Every single day to wake up and say, I'm going to be the best I can be today. I'm going to be the best me that I can be today. And I don't know about tomorrow, and I don't know about a month from now, but today, I'm going to be the best I can. And so I hope you wake up every day saying that to yourself. Today, I'm going to be the best me I can be. And I may even surprise myself. Because along this journey, for me, over the last few years of you know great weight loss, um, health and wellness and fitness and Every time that I've been consistent throughout all these seasons, I have these moments where I surprise myself and I realize that I didn't even know how, how much I could do or how much I could uh, tolerate, how much I could lift, how much gymnastic stuff I could do. I, I, I still remember the first rope climb on, on my 40th birthday, um, the CrossFit box where I go to and coach and at Trivium, uh, they put together a workout that everybody did that day and it had rope climbs. And I still remember my first rope climb of going, I cannot believe I'm doing this. I cannot believe that I am physically able to climb a rope because never would I ever in my wildest dreams ever would have imagined until that point that I could do it. And I surprised myself. But it takes every single day to wake up and go, today, I'm going to be the best me I can be. And today, I'm going to surprise myself. We'll be back. We'll take a little break. And we'll be right back after a brief message from one of our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need to pick me up? You need to drink a bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, 
Jacob said, you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I have a couple of uh, things I want to talk about. Well, one one central thing here that I wanted to kind of talk about going on in the fitness world. So uh, yesterday, um, on Sunday, there was a little football game. Some of you may have heard about it. Um, some of you may have been drinking too much to remember any of it, but from all that I have heard from most people who actually watched the game of how terrible of a game it was. Like, it was absolutely um, just boring, you know, low scoring. Um, I didn't even hear great things about the, the, the halftime show. And so if you notice, I keep talking about um, as if I didn't watch it. And full disclosure, didn't even turn on a TV last night. Not one bit. Mainly because I wasn't feeling well and I just uh, was peopled out and didn't really want to see people. I just wanted to get some rest. We had a tough night before. Um, had a, um, One of my daughters was on a church trip and she got sick. And so that kind of woke us up in the middle of the night the night before. And, you know, waking up early. And getting things done um, for my job um, the next day, I was just exhausted. And I wasn't feeling well, and our seasons have been changing here in Tennessee. Tennessee has actually experienced all four seasons last week um, in one week. And so that messed up my allergies like no other. And even today, like I'm still going, man, I'm still snotty, my throat's running, and I'm tired of this mess, Um, even though I've lived here my whole life and it happens every single year. But nonetheless, I digress. The Super Bowl, there's a couple things I always think about with Super Bowl. One is that it's one of, if not the um, largest sporting event, um, that it also coincides with a worldwide event. Um, It's one of the biggest um, human trafficking um, times around the world. Um, where people are sold into slavery and prostitution and travel all over the world uh, during that time. And, and so this year, um, there was quite a few people that were you know, kind of saved from that along the way from organizations, which was really cool. And so it, it's interesting that you, you have this, this Super Bowl, and it's like this huge sporting event, and like this is um, I have no idea what that would be like as a player, you know, working your whole professional career and, and multiple times, even for for some of the Patriots, you know, of being into, you know, the big show here, the the, the Super Bowl. And I can't imagine what, what that's like in terms of uh, just making it to that as a professional player. I, I'm sure it's incredible. And in the midst of that, there there's kind of three things that I think about. There There's one, there's a game happening, and, and people are, are trying to be the best. And, and the best is good for about a year until, you know, the next season starts, uh, or actually the next Super Bowl. But really, once the next season starts, it's kind of an even playing field, and you're all playing for the same thing again. And so there, there, it's a brief lived win. And I'm not, you know, kind of dismissing that or putting it down. I'm just saying, um, for all, all purposes, it, it kind of has a, a short shelf life. Um, of course, unless you're the Patriots and you keep winning, but that's a whole nother story. So the one story that's going on in the Super Bowl is that there's an actual football game. The second thing is, is that it's, uh, the, the, one of the biggest times for, uh, human trafficking around the world. And so in the midst of a sporting event, there is also people that whose lives are being ruined 
and people that are being stolen and slow and, and sold into slavery of some kind, whether that's through prostitution or indentured servitude still happening today. Crazy. The third story that happens in the midst of the Super Bowl is that there is this advertising campaigns that are happening. People are paying millions of dollars to have a 30 second or a minute spot during the Super Bowl. And, and what we don't often think about is that people have spent a year planning these commercials, that, that people have spent their entire um, kind of professional lives working on the Super Bowl commercial. And, and, and they've gotten there to think of every single word they want to use, every image they want to use, the music, the soundtrack to the, each commercial, so that all 30 seconds of that commercial is spent with so much intentionality that it is so pinpointly targeted and becomes such a thing that we talk about it for the remaining of the year. We, we may even talk about Super Bowl commercials longer than we talk about who won the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, there are certain commercials that, that people talk about. Um, like today, I know throughout work today and people I, I saw, they were talking more about the commercials than the game. And, and this is, this is a rare time where the game was a little boring. And so I get that. But, um, but the commercials are so intricately and uniquely and intentionally made that we can't help but look at them and say, these people have crafted a message that they want the public to see. And they're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of scientific studies, a lot of psychological studies, um, money to find out exactly what's going to do the best for their product. Now, for ourselves in terms of fitness, we look at the Super Bowl and we go, man, I want to be that. I want to be that kind of professional. And, and then we do kind of do the math on that. We kind of go, okay, well, so many people from who play high school ball, who were the excellent high school players, well, only like, you know, a 1% of them actually make it. And then they kind of go on to college and, and do really well. And then from that, only a, a, a very small percentage of them actually get to be a part of a professional team. And then even a small percentage of that actually are the people that we cheer for who are on the field because they have practice teams, they have backups, they have all these kind of people on the team that we may or may not see ever play. Um, and, and so the percentage of players out there is, is super, super small as far as people who play. So we go, ah, well, okay, professional athlete probably not going to be um, my, my bag. So I guess I'll just study math and be an accountant or, you know, something like that. Um, but then, you know, you look at, um, other kind of world events, like I, I talked about human trafficking and, and, and I'm not going to dwell here and make anybody feel bad about what, what's going on in the world by any means, not what this podcast is about. Um, but it is a huge event that is happening in the midst uh, of that. And so there's this undercurrent, uh, of, I don't know, evil that is, that is happening. Okay. So you have the focal point, which is the game. Then you have this undercurrent that's happening about um, some, some evil kind of permeating um, the existence of, of people and humanity and what's going on. And, and the majority of public is just kind of oblivious to the whole thing. That's normal, normal in life. And the third thing is that intentional advertising, the, the propaganda that's put out there by companies to get you on board with their product and their message. And so in the midst of something that we mindlessly watch, we have people that are targeting our existence, trying to get us to be with them through advertising, whatever that is, buy their product, um, join their membership, I mean, whatever, drink their beer, all the things. They want us 
to change our lives in order to be with them and, and use their products. In the midst of that, we have this undercurrent of evil that the majority of the public have no idea what's happening. The same thing is true, I think, about our fitness journeys. You, you have this thing that you see. You see, let's just say my world, CrossFit. You have CrossFit and you see CrossFit and you go, oh man, I want to be a games athlete. Then you just start doing the math and you go, man, okay, well, I didn't start early enough. I don't have... Uh, you know, the, the skills that it's going to take, I don't have the time to put into it. I can't just quit my job and work out. I can't do all these other things. And so, okay, I guess I'm not going to be professional, but I still like to play. Um, so I'm going to continue it. And then the undercurrent of that becomes all the things that like we can't do or that we're not good enough to do. Um, we don't feel like we can compete. We don't feel like we can um, be people who can do the gymnastics movements. We don't feel like we can lift um, what we could lift. Um, there, we, we stack up this undercurrent of evil, which is the can'ts, right? And, and so you stack up all the, I can't do that, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't. And we go on like that. Then you have the message that we're all trying to believe. And, and, and so we have messages from coaches that say, you can, you actually can do it. Um, and, and we sometimes buy into it and sometimes don't buy into it. Then we have, um, now HQ who's kind of changed their message and, and their kind of propaganda they're putting out from, from being, um, games, 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 be the most elite forging elite athletes, you know, forging elite athletics. And now it's, we want you to live a great life and we want you to live well, well into the upper digits um, in a healthy way. We don't want you to be decrepit and old. We want you to be strong, fit as you age. And and so the message that, that we're buying into now, slowly, because we've invested in this product, HQ is, is, is investing into their message, this uniform message of health and wellness. We want you to age well. We want you to do amazing things. We talk about you know, we hear from Greg Glassman, and he, he talks about how he wished kipping pull-ups was never allowed because that, that just opened a window for um, us to focus more on the game side of it instead of the health and wellness side of it. We, we've kind of lost a little bit of identity in, in this message. And so we still have the whole idea, CrossFit, we have the games. We want to be elite athletes. We want to be the people that compete. The The evil undercurrent that's going on is that People are dropping out because they can't do a muscle up. They can't do ring muscle up. They can't um, get double unders. You know, they, they can't climb a rope and they can't do a pegboard, you know, like, and you get people that get frustrated and, and say, you know, I'm, I'm not getting what I need. And so I'm out and they kind of buy out or there's, there's people that, that, that buy into like, um, the individuality and they just want to do it for themselves and they don't want to really join a, com a community, which CrossFit is all about, you know, they don't want to join the community. And so they haven't bought the advertising, but at the same time, they're believing more of the evil and, and we kind of ignore it. Those of us that are already in it and kind of bought the product. Right. And so it kind of parallels in, in a lot of ways with the Super Bowl. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Um, this week, as you're, as you're, mulling about in, in the CrossFit world or in your gym or, or whatever, there are plenty of people that are there that are, that are buying into the evil, that are buying into the no one cares, that if they disappeared from this place, no one would notice. And, and so maybe you can be a voice in that darkness. Maybe you can be a voice in somebody and say, hey, 
I've noticed you haven't been here in a couple of weeks or to reach out to people that you haven't seen in a while, or maybe just encourage those that are there and say, man, I'm so glad that you're here today. I can't wait to see what happens. And, and maybe we can start buying the advertisements that are around us that actually build us up, not the evil, not the cans, but the cans. And so look what you can do today. Look what you can buy into today and, and start moving forward in your fitness journey. You can do it. And hey, maybe next year, Super Bowl might actually be worth watching. We all can dream, right? Man, are you ever just like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. Oh, man. Tried to make a weird parallel there. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, maybe you got it. Um, the main thing is, oftentimes what we're looking at in terms of wherever we are, you know, and, and wherever we are in life, there is this one thing that is happening. There's always this undercurrent of like evil or darkness that's there that can creep in, but there's also um, this light that we can buy into that um, that is there for us to look at. And, and, and the, the tough part is that these ads that I'm kind of parallel, I'm kind of contrasting this with is, is that, you know, we can, we can buy into the ads that are lying to us. We can buy into the ads that are good for us. We can buy into the ads that, that are just, you know, the stereotypical message. Um, and we can choose which we're going to buy into. Um, a lot of the ones that just want, our money are, are pitching us and spent a lot of money trying to uh, get our attention may not be the best option, but you know, the ads that are speaking the truth that say, you know, we want you to live a long and healthy life, man, that's something to believe in. It's the ones that say, Hey, you can join for 20 bucks and we're not going to give a shit if you're here or not. Um, in fact, we're going to have these really awesome kind of community things. Where we're going to have like free pizza and bagels because that's what fitness is all about, right? Am I right? Anyways, got a little distracted. Maybe got a little off topic. But I just want to be clear. There's plenty of messages, plenty of advertisements out there, and you can believe whatever you want. But always there's an undercurrent of evil that's going to suck you right out of everything. And it's going to tell you you're less than. It's going to tell you you're not good. You're not ever going to be something. You have this, and you can't get beyond it. Well, the the, the reality is you can get beyond it. The reality is that no matter what your your vessel is that you're getting out of it with, there's a way out, and, and it's going to be tough, and it's going to be challenging, but you can do it. And so don't be distracted by just the game that's happening, and don't be distracted by all the evil that's happening as well. Address it. But don't be distracted by it. And listen to where the truth is being told. Because where there's truth, there might be a place that will help you out of your current situation and lead you into a new life that, that you never even knew possible. So, maybe that's more accurate for how we should end today. Hope you're having a great week. Hey, next week, be back on with a guest. And we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. 
Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>